0: chapter. Here we go. How many know about the number 20? How many know that numbers are important in the Word of God? In fact, if it wasn't important, God wouldn't have named the book the Book of Numbers. I believe numbers are significant in the Word of God. And so I began, Brother John, to look up what number 20 means, and it's very significant, and I want you to notice this, that number 20 simply means this. It symbolizes the cycle of completeness. I love that, don't you? Amen. How I many know that, God, I love this scripture, and you need to memorize this as one of your scriptures for 2020. Philippians 1.6, you've heard me say, He that has begun a good work. Everybody say good work. How many know what God does? It's a good work. It's yeah. not a bad work, it's a good work. So he that has begun a good work, in you guess what? He will Amen. complete it. Aren't you, glad, aren't you glad that you serve a God that once he starts it, he will complete it? Now, the issue is we got to let him. Would you look at your neighbor and say, you got to let him complete it? God wants to bring the fullness of his vision and what he has for your life to completion. But guess what we got to do? You. Submit. Allow him to complete what he has started. In your life. And so he that has begun a good work will complete it. So, number 20 means cycles of completion. stories that I love to read in the book of Acts is when Peter came across the man that was uh, that was lame and, and what did, before he said silver and gold how many remember that story silver and gold have I known but such as I have I give unto thee in the name of Jesus Rise up and walk. how many remember that story but the word of God said before uh, Peter said that the the, the the man said that he was expected to receive something can I say can I say this? If we're going to see what God, you and I have been praying for in our life, you must have the attitude of expectancy. Amen. Come on, if you're expecting God to heal your marriage, come on, then expect to believe it. If you're expecting for God to save somebody in your son, your daughter, your come on somebody, your spouse, expect it. Everybody look at your, your neighbor and say expect it. Have an attitude of expectancy. How many know that's the breeding ground of miracles is an attitude of expectancy in your life? That's what God desires to see. So the number 20 means expectancy. And then what I want to say is it is connected to a period of waiting. But wait a minute. It's of labor or suffering that is compared to a trial, and then it is rewarded. All you ladies that have birthed children, lift up your hands. Lift up your hands real high. Ladies, they don't call it labor for nothing. Can I get an amen? That is the right word for having children. Now, men, I'm going to give you a chance. Lift up your hand and say, we couldn't do it. (laughs) Every man say amen. That's the truth. But I want you to notice this. Listen, God's fruition. i am going to know everything. And I've heard that from my wife. I've heard it from other ladies. All the pain, all the suffering, and the expectancy for the nine months. When that child is laid on the breast of that woman, every bit of that goes away. As that child and that reward comes from that labor. Let me tell you this. Listen, there are things that are significant real quickly in the Word of God. Oh, praise the Lord. When shrines of arches surround the nation? That's the arch I'm talking about. See, you already know what I'm talking about. I didn't even say the name. Yeah, we go past many arches, don't we, in Springfield? And we go back past temples of Pizza Hut temples. Come on. <laughs> It's not a popular subject, nor do we like to talk about it, especially in Springfield that has probably over 500,000 restaurants <laughs> in the city alone. Come on, somebody. I know I'm exaggerating a little bit here, but it's the truth. How many know that, folks, let's just be honest, we like to eat. How many say amen? Come amen. Come on, come amen. amen. We like food. And so it's not popular, nor is it a popular message. But how many know that it's mentioned in the Word of God? God talks about it. And so we are taking 21 days. But let me just tell you this. Let's not make it a fasting a 21-day time just at like the first of all. Guess what we're going to do? We're going to make it a disciplined part of our lives. Yeah. Now listen, this is what I want to tell you. Now everybody's got their fasting paper. Everybody got it right there. Lift it up for me. I'm not going to preach about that today. That is for you. I want you to go home, I want you to look at it, I want you to study it, but I want you to notice something. Now, I'm not going to be preaching on this today, but these are the two focuses that God has given me uh, as, as the pastor of this church for where are we going. I usually have a theme or God, I pray for a theme of the church of 2020, and so the two things that God has given me in the middle of the first page in our biblical fasting folks in 2020, we are focused, 2020, we get that a lot, on Him. Look at what it says in Micah 7 7. Isn't that good? But as for me, I will. Here it is. Look to the Lord. Come on. How many know, Brother John, that the devil is trying to get our eyesight off of Jesus right now? How many know the enemy is working overtime in our world, Brother Don, and in our families to get our focus off on the Lord? He is using... How many know He's pulling out all the stops and the distractions to pull us aside from keeping our eyes on Jesus? How many love that old song? Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter what is happening in your life. Keep, keep your eyes on Jesus. You have went through hell and high water in your marriage. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Your finances don't look... Good. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Your son or daughter on drugs. Keep your eyes on Jesus. What did I just say... Listen, Micah is a picture of what's going on in America. I encourage you to read that minor prophet. It is a picture or a mirror of what's going on in the United States. And guess what he had to say? I will look to the Lord. I feel like telling you what God is speaking unto me. And I know this is not popular to tell you this. But listen, God is speaking unto your pastor right now. This thing is coming to a close. I'm not going to do it. Because God desires, listen for me, a holy. Come on, somebody. How many believes in holiness? Look at your neighbor and say, Holiness. Say, Holiness is not your hair. Come on, holiness is your heart. Come on now. What you have in your heart. How many say, I got Jesus in my heart? Amen. Amen. So listen, we are focusing on Him. Everybody say, 2020 vision. Focus, focus on Him. Focusing on Him. And then the second thing, we are focusing on His Word. Amen. I love it. I didn't read that in the first sermon. I'm so mad I didn't do this. But listen, look what it said in James one twenty five. It's like that verse just popped out of me when I began to see the face of God. But the one, here it is, who looks woo, into the perfect law. Of, what's the perfect law of liberty? The Word of God. Yeah. But the one who looks into the perfect law and... And then not only looks, but how many say, "I'm going to keep going, Pastor." Yeah. Perseveres. Look at your neighbor. And say, "Keep going. Yeah. Don't give up." Yeah. Well, the enemy, how many you know he's trying to discourage people of God yeah. and trying to say, "Get out of the race." Yeah. I was just talking with Sister Margaret, and she pulled me aside today, and, and we. There were several students. So a year ago, I went to Jamaica to. Be part of what, and see what she does. And so she pulled me aside the day. She said, Pastor Floyd, please be praying? She said, you remember, there was a student by the name of Garfield. He was an older student there. And God's hand was truly on that. But the enemy sifted him. And he yielded unto that. And today he's in jail. You know what? But for the grace of God, every one of us, come on somebody. How many say, I'm not only going to look into the Word, I'm going to persevere in the Word. We must keep our eyes on Jesus. Come on in 2020. And we must keep our eyes on the Word of God. So guess what I'm going to do? Listen, look what it says. If I look and then I persevere, being no hearer, but a being just not a hearer who forgets, but a doer, guess what is going to happen to you? He will be blessed in his deeds. Yeah. I don't know about y'all, but that makes me glad today. Amen. So we're I'm not going to preach about that. And y'all know I'm going to preach on that right now. This is good stuff. But I'm going to talk about fasting. Where we're at. Now listen, this is what I want to say. I'm giving you some instruction today because that's what God is called ministers to do, is instruct in righteousness. Don't do what I'm doing. I'm not going to reveal to you what God has spoken to me to do. Do what God calls Darren to do. do what, in other words, whatever God speaks to you, you do it to yeah. him. Whatever the fast is. And we explain how. If you've never fasted in your life, that sheep will help you and guide you through on how to do that. But you know the purpose of fasting is simply this. To press into the presence of the Lord. Yeah. You know what, what comes the after work is that yes, God answers prayer. I may say God has answered prayer during some fasting. I mean, how many say that? God has answered some prayer. You know what that comes? But my primary focus is to press in to the presence of the Lord. How to say I want to get closer to God in 2020 like I've never been before? I really want to see him closer than I've never seen him and be intimate, more intimate with him than before. So Matthew chapter six goes into that. And so I want to tell you this then, this morning, that there is instruction in Matthew, the sixth chapter. See, there are many misconceptions about fasting when I say that word. How many know when I say fasting, it's not pray fast? Yeah. Come on, somebody. It is a, a, a discipline that God has called us to do, so I want to properly define what biblical fasting Now, Now, listen to me. If you feel like in this fasting that you need to stay away from technology, do that. If that's what God speaks to you about, then do it. But I want to tell you something. Everybody listen to me. That is not biblical fasting. I'm defining what biblical fasting is. If you want to add technology and take that away on the biblical fasting, biblical fasting is simply this. If we're going to define what the Bible, how many know that's our book there, amen? That's the rule of authority. The Bible's biblical fasting is refraining from food for a spiritual purpose. Amen? How many know that's not pleasant? It doesn't feel good to hear the rumbles of the stomach. Whoa, 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 whoa. How many's ever sat with people and, and Mr. Stomach has talked and grumbled? I, y'all know that you're looking at one another, ain't you? It's like, my goodness, that thing's loud. Come on. How many know that Mr. Stomach likes to talk back, especially when you want to fast? Come on now. Now, I don't encourage you. Please don't watch Food Network while you're trying to fast. <laughs> it, it will not work. In fact, he, <laughs> I like watching. For me and me, care. we love seeing the, the different recipes and everything. But I'm gonna tell you, switch the channel in the name of the Lord, or just turn the TV off. Come on, and guess what? You supplement. Guess what? Don't watch the network. Get into the Word and feed yourself with the spiritual Word of God, Amen. the Bread of Life. Amen. And feed off of the word. And we're going to talk about that in just a moment. But this is what I want to let you know then. So biblical fasting is refraining from food for a spiritual purpose. Now I love this. Biblical fasting means more than just abstaining from food. It means to abstain from food in order to focus upon God, His word, and His answer to a particular matter. Now how many say I'm praying for some answers to a particular matter in my family and in my life"? Amen. So, we are believing God. So, here, I, I want to just get right into the meat of what I want to talk about. So, let's look at Matthew, the sixth chapter, Luke and look at verse 16. These are interesting words. Look what it says. Whenever you fast. Now, I, I didn't do this when I trying to make any money, I forgot to do this in the first service. We have about three books. This is an excellent book. Even a gal, I think she attends James River. She put this out a few years back. I was the Ultimate Guide to the Daniel Fast. We got about three copies. We're not trying to make any money. We're just trying to pay for the book. There's three of them, I think. But this will be the third one on the ministry board back there. And so it's got a little clip in there if you want to buy one of these to help you in this process. How many said that resource is help? Amen. And so this is a great resource that we want to make. Available for you and so we want, look what it says again. Whenever you fast. And now, now let's think about that just for a moment. Whenever Jesus is saying whenever you fast, in other words, he didn't say if you fast. That's right. He said whenever you fast. Now there's three things in Matthew the sixth chapter. If you'll look, there are three things that are required of the Christian. Whenever you give, whenever you pray, and whenever you fast. You know what was required for all of us? We're required to give. Come on, somebody. I didn't say. Look at your name. Say Floyd. Didn't say it. Come on now. Jesus said it. It's in red. Whatever you give, whatever. How I many know we're expected to pray? Come on now. I'm gonna just say this. this. is a bold statement. I'm saying you cannot be a Christian and not pray.
1: Come on now. I know that ain't popular,
0: brother Darren, but it's for real. Listen. I get this. I get married to this woman 22 years ago. It would not exist today if we had talked. Amen. Amen. (laughs) It will not. Guess what? I'm going to tell you this. Jesus desires to speak with you. Jesus desires Brandon to have a relationship with this guy. Jesus desires to talk back with Don and say, hello, how are you today? And then you shut up. Amen. Amen. And let him say, I'm doing okay, Lord. How are you doing? Amen? How many know that? We've already talked about this. Prayer is not a monologue. Prayer is a dialogue. We allow God, come on, to speak to us as well as us speaking to Him. Amen? And so God desires for that to be part of our lives. So He is saying, not if you'll fast. He's saying, not if you'll give. Not if you'll pray. But He says this, make disciplined fasting part of your life. Not just the 21-day fast that the church is calling a corporate fast to. Listen, take a day, whatever it is. Take a meal. Maybe God has called you, take a meal a week. And guess what? This is what you do. Listen, this is what I'm trying to tell you What kind of what I do. Now listen, when the time comes, whenever you eat, whether it's 1130 or 2 o'clock, whatever whatever your meal is, guess what? Just don't go through your day without doing this. During your fasting time. You're replacing your meal with the Word of God. You are feasting on the Word. Amen. You're letting the words of life get on the inside of you. And then when you have that time of, of what well, if you're working, they give you a 30 minute or an hour. Then take the time to just say, Lord, I love you today. Come on, somebody. Lord, I bless you today. Lord, you're worthy to be praised today. Take those needs before them. And we're going to talk more and more about how to pray and some different things on that. But listen, I love this. Bill Bright, which is Campus Crusade for Christ, has been around for many, many years. Listen, I love what he said. Combining fasting and prayer can result in a spiritual atomic bomb. <laughs> yeah. There's no way. Listen to me. What do you say, Pastor? Listen, every time that fasting is mentioned, prayer goes with it. Yes. How many know you can't mention salt without you can't mention Batman. You can't mention Andy Griffith without... There you go. You're it. You see? There's no way that one can operate without the other. And so what happens is there's exuberant power of His Spirit when it's not only fasting. Listen, if you're just fasting and not combining prayer and wait. That's all that's happening. But you must combine, guess what? Prayer and the word of the living God. And so I'm going to tell you what's going to happen to you. I'm trying not to get ahead of myself. How many's receiving something right now? So here it is. Biblical fasting involves prayer. It involves intense supplication. In other words, we already talked about that. Remember when we were making the pie? How many remember, don't worry, pie? Yeah, how many has had had a slice of don't worry pie? How many has had to make it? We talked about what is supplication. Supplication is simply this. It is asking or begging for something earnestly, humbly. How many has went before God and said, Oh God! How many has ever done that? So God desires for us to do that. And to not only that, again, it is expected that we feed on the Word of God. Look at a couple chapters back. Look at Matthew, the fourth chapter. I want to take you there. Because guess what? Jesus fasted. Let me just go ahead and say that. Jesus fasted. In Matthew, chapter 4, we see that. If you look a couple chapters back, you'll see that. Look what it says in verse 1. Then Jesus was led up by the devil into the wilderness. Thank you for a couple people that were recognizing your scripture. Jesus was led up by the what? The Spirit. Amen? How many you know that's important? Into the wilderness to be what? Tempted by the devil. And after what? Fasting 40 days and 40 nights. Guess what? He was Look at your neighbor and say, you'd be hungry too. Now listen, there's only two people in the world of God in the entirety. And I encourage you, listen, man uses it, it, this is a superhuman yeah. fast. I haven't heard of a whole lot. I mean, you may know more about that than I do. But there's only two individuals that has fasted 40 days, 40 nights. That's Jesus and that's Moses. And let me tell you where Moses was at. He was on top of Mount Sinai. And guess where he's at? In the presence of God. You know why he was sustained? God sustained him. Come on somebody. I can't help but think of Gail. Guess what? There's no more pain. She is sustained in the presence of God. New life. Come on somebody. When you're in the presence of God, you don't need anything else. He is your all in all. He is your everything. And so again, Moses could be sustained as the Ten Commandments were given on top of the Mount Sinai for 40 days and 40 nights. And we know this. Jesus was fully God, but yet He was fully man. So yet it was sustained by the Father for those 40 days and 40 nights. And then notice this. He was hungry. Oh, you're going to be hungry. If you do whatever God speaks to you to do about, I'm going to tell you, even, I'm just going to be real with you, the most nastiest food that you've never wanted to try, it'll come up as a temptation for you. Come on, son. i just tell you the enemy will put in in front of you if you don't like guacamole you'll be dripping down with guacamole oh Lord I gotta have some guacamole come on I'm telling you whatever the way the enemy come on I'm just telling you the enemy is sly and he wants you to break that covenant that you're making with God of some things that you're trying to pull away from this carnality this flesh to give it he don't want you to get into the presence of God he do not want you to be in your Word like never before. Because guess what? You become more of a threat against His kingdom and what He's trying to do against your family and you. Come on, somebody. So this is what I want to tell you. Encourage yourself to stay in what God has called you to. Feed yourself on the Word. Look what Jesus did. He did feed Himself on the Word. Look what verse 2 said. After fasting four days and forty nights, He was hungry. And the temper, everybody said the devil. He came and said to him, If... Now this is powerful. What did he say? If you are the Son of God. I want you to notice this because every one of us can say right here, the enemy does this to us all in the time of temptation. What does he challenge us? He says if you're a Christian, if you say who you say you are, I mean, no, he came against the identity of Christ. Christ. And he will always come against your identity and who you are with Jesus Christ. And guess what you need to answer? I am a son and a daughter of the Most High God. I know who I am. Come on, Timothy. Pause it in I know in whom I have believed and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed. you got to tell the devil every day, I know who I am in Jesus. So challenge Jesus. If you are the Son of God, then turn these stones and turn them into bread. Even a stone. Come on, somebody. That's the way. Devil. The devil will make you look at a stone a second and start slobbering. Come on. <laughs> you could be that, huh? Can you imagine? I can imagine 40 days and 40 nights. But guess what Jesus did. And guess what it is for us. He's exemplifying how we defeat the enemy. I mean, oh, he had the power to call down ten thousands of legions of angels to spare him in that moment. But guess what he was thinking about? Me and you. Oh, I feel like praising right now. Because he knew he was on his way to the cross. And he said there would be no way people would be delivered if I called 10,000. And I got the right to do it because I am the son of God. But guess what he did? As a man, he depended upon the word of the living God. And not only that, let me give you the good news. He is the word. The word on the inside of us. And when the word comes out, it gives life giving force. In the name of Jesus. Notice what happened. What did he say? He quoted the word. He said, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word. Oh, how many know it was just slapping the devil? When the enemy comes in the Word of God said he does come in like a flood. Guess what's going to slap him every time? It is written. The Word has got to get on the inside of us. The Word must be birthed on the inside of us. That's why we must memorize it. Come on. We must visualize it. We must personalize the very Word of God and let it come forth out of our mind. Is anybody getting something out of this today? So I'm going to give you my first point. Here it is. I've got several points. Number one, fasting is expected in the life of the believer. Why are we doing it? Because Jesus asked us to do it. He commanded us. Let's just get real about it. He commanded us, not if you'll fast, when you'll fast. So it is expected in the life of the believer. I already gave you the first point. Jesus fasted in Matthew 4.2. Let me just tell you some people that fasted in the Word of God. The apostles were fast. In fact, there was a story in the Bible, Matthew 17, not too far from where we're at. How many know that they could not pray for the demonic because they were not ready in their spirit to cast out that devil? I didn't understand that. There was another level of another. How many know there's another level to another devil? Come on sometime. And I'm going to tell you something. Listen, my grandmother told me this when my first trip. i do encourage you. If you're going to go out on a missions trip, maybe not let India be your first trip. I was not ready, and I had culture shock just like that. We got off the plane, and my grandma said before we got off, the plane, and she already told me, you know, there were times of prayer. We sit in the face of God, going whether I'm 19 years old, and so we 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 flew uh, into India, and she said, I want to tell you this, boy, you're going to feel the powers of the hell when you step off this plane, and she was right. And I'm gonna tell you something, I stepped off that plane and you could feel, how many's ever been to places that were dark? Even in the United States, or how many know there's places in Springfield that you go and your spirit is bearing witness with your spirit that it's a dark place. God is not dwelling here. Come on, somebody. And we're the ones that are light in a dark place. Come on now. I got off there, and I'm going to tell you something. You better be prayed up, you better be fasted, and you better be full of the Word of God. And in that moment, the reason why those apostles could not cast out that demonic activity is because they were intimate with God like they should be. So the devils recognize, we ain't departing out of this. Because guess what? You ain't got the goods yet. Come on, somebody. How many say, I want the goods? And you have the goods by pressing into the presence of Jesus. Listen, the devils recognize Paul and they recognize Jesus. How many say, I want the devils to recognize me that I am a child of God and know that I'm full of God? So he encouraged his disciples to fast and can I say how many many desire the power of God I want the fullness of the power of God listen I want to can there be a place again where revival is moving uh, across this land where they roll them in and they're instantly healed they're instantly filled with the baptism and the Holy Spirit my God God delivers them from drugs and alcohol in an instant how do you know it can happen in this body we will believe that with me in 2020. And let them roll them in. Roll them in the hospital. Depression, oppression, drugs, whatever it is, it's got to go. And they begin to be healed in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. Look, the church leaders, guess what, they fasted Acts 14 and 23. That was encouragement. Again, notice that whenever fasting is mentioned, prayer is mentioned. You can't do one without other, Acts 14.23 uh, when they had ordained the elders in every church and had here it is had prayed with fasting. They commended them to the Lord on whom they believed. Look at 2 Corinthians 11.27 there's another one. Paul is talking about marriage here. In 2 Corinthians uh, the 11th chapter. Uh, 1 Corinthians 7. I'm sorry. 1 Corinthians 7. We'll get to 2 Corinthians 11. I, I apologize. 1 Corinthians 7, do not deprive one another except perhaps by agreement for a limited time that you may devote yourselves to, here it is, fasting and praying. Now what was he talking about here? I know y'all want to plug your ears up here. But Paul is addressing the husband and the wife and he's talking about sex. Everybody gets real quiet. let I me mean, know sex is good because God created it but he created it in the confines of a marriage. It shouldn't be happening outside of a marriage. You are committing fornication and God's blessing and favor is not on that. Ooh, I, I know this ain't popular. Hallelujah! It's true. Listen, what is Paul saying? What is Paul talking about? In fact? Listen, when there are times of fasting, pray for a husband and wife. listen, dedicated, that you're dedicating it totally to the Lord. That's what he's saying. He said, but then again when it's over, I love what he said, don't deprive your husband and wife. Get back to being husband and wife. And enjoy one another. Amen? Mm -hmm. I mean, that's a godly thing. Amen? Mm I'm going to shout amen all by myself. (laughs) Hallelujah. My wife said, keep going until I keep going. (laughs) Let me keep going. Listen to me. You know what? Paul fasted often. Now that's where we go in 2 Corinthians eleven. He said in weariness, verse twenty-seven, in weariness, painfulness, watchings often, hunger and thirst, in fastings often. He said I, that was part of my discipline. It was part of what my worship was unto the Lord. The second point that I want to make, here, I got to hurry, fasting is to be done without notice. Pastor, what in the world are you talking about? You know what? The word of God goes here in Matthew the sixth chapter, and it says something like this. Listen, the Pharisees and those that wanted to fast—guess what? They wanted to create their face for everybody to see. How many know when you see? How many know what I'm talking about when you see people? They disfigure their faces because they want you to ask them what is wrong. Yes. How many know there are people just like that because they want. And, and so they, these, these so-called leaders went around, dressed up, and when they got into the, tip, the, the, the amongst the people, oh, oh, ha, 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 ha. I mean, they would make a spectacle. And so they were waiting for somebody to say, "Oh, brother." Where art thou? What is wrong with you? Oh, brother. What is wrong? What is wrong with you? What is wrong with you? And they were waiting. Sister Betty, they were waiting so they could say, Oh, here it comes. Fasting before children. You know what? The word of God said Jesus said in Matthew 6, in 16 through 18, they have their reward. That's right. yes. Because their reward is man's praise. Yes. Their reward is man going, all the message. Jesus. Bless my brother. You know what? I'm looking for the reward and praise yes. not from men, yes. but from God. Yes. So guess what? Jesus gives us instruction. How are we supposed to approach fasting? Guess what it says? Look at what it says in it Matthew 6, 18. Wash your face. Anoint yourself. Get up like you've ate the best T-bone you've ever ate in your life. Come on, somebody. That, that question will not come up, Brother John. But guess what? I'm going on with life as normality. I'm living life as normal. Nothing changes from today of corporately fasting in church of what God has called this pastor or what God's called you to do in the fast. Guess what? I'm not going to let everybody else know. That's my time that is private between me and the Father. And then look what he said. Those that have done this in secret, I will reward you openly. Wow. So this is where fasting in the right way, look at what comes. The blessing and the favor of God. Number three, real quickly. Fasting is to be done to God alone. It's not for Pastor Floyd. It's not for the 21-day fast. He is the object and the person of our worship. So I'm going to do it to Him and to Him alone. Amen? And then number four, fasting in the right way has its reward. His reward is greater than the recognition of man. Amen. Glory to God. In fact, the, you can just write this down. You don't have to look here. Psalm 42, I believe that the psalmist here was some fasting and praying. He said something like this. He said, as the deer pants after the water, so does my soul. long after." How many say this? In 2020, I want to long for more of God. Amen. Amen. More of His presence. Less of me and more of Jesus. Look what he says else in Psalm 42. He says this in verse 2. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? He said my tears have been my meat day and night while they continue. He's talking about the world saying to me, where is your God? But look at verse 7. That's why I believe there was some time of praying and fasting. He says this deep calls See, I'm going to tell you, when you're in that intimate, you pull away carnality or flesh. Everybody picture yourself say flesh. When you push away flesh and food and the things of this world and technology and all those things and get into the presence of God, guess what happens? Your spirit calls into the spirit of God. And I'm going to tell you, deep. That's what the psalmist said. I wish I could. I don't think we could fully understand that, but deep. You become sensitive in the spirit. Your hearing becomes sensitive to the things of God on this You see things that you haven't seen before. And then not only this, I'm getting way ahead of myself because this is some of my there. but God exposes what's inside of you that needs to come out. Yes. And that's not pleasant, but it's necessary. Yes, it is. That God bring out, because anybody perfect in here, lift your hand if you're perfect in here. I want to see your hand. Praise God. You know what we used to sing a song as a child he's still working on me to make me what I want to be took him just a week to make the moon and the stars, sun and the earth and Jupiter and Mars how lovely and faithful he must be he's still working on me guess what, he's working some things out that need to come out of our lives I don't want to be Floyd anymore I want to be Look the my Jesus. Man, okay. So God is rooting some things in our life that need to come out of our life. I've got to hurry and give you some a couple more points. Here we go. Listen to this. When food isn't in your diet for a number of days and you take that time to get along with the Lord, this is what happens. I've kind of already said this but I won't give you these points so you can write them down real quickly. Again, here's another point. Your spirit becomes uncluttered by the things of this world. Guess what? You can't help but feast on the Word of God. I'm going to tell you, it's going to get hard. And I'll just be real, whatever it is, every type, kind of temptation, when you make up in your mind, it'll try to come. And every kind of candy bar that you never ate before, I mean, it'll be there. I'm telling you. This. But when you make up your mind, things start to get uncluttered. Come on, amen. Aren't you glad when you're able to clean a closet out everybody say amen? Come on, God wants to unclutter your spirit so you can hear and you can receive and you can worship and God can be the object of who you are worship. Listen, your spirit becomes uncluttered and uncluttered. the word intimacy takes on a new meaning. Into me-see. I'm into Him. Come on somebody. I said I'm into Him. That's where God wants you to get is into Him. That's intimacy. Third thing is this. Here we already said this. Fasting reveals the things that control us. Uh, I'll say sometimes it may not necessarily we think it's sin But we realize, God's saying, no, it's that little thing. It's the little foxes. That's spoiling the vine that you've allowed for so long. How many know I know this ain't pleasant. A lot of us spoiling. I don't take baths a lot, but a lot of ladies and a lot, maybe you gentlemen do that too. But you notice one thing that gets clogged up if you don't clean out is hair in the drain. Come on now. And if you don't clean that drain out, I mean, it will continually clog up from that water to drain properly. Can I tell you this? There are some things that need to be uncluttered and unclogged in your life, and the Lord wants to speak to you about that. Is that separated? See, what's the definition of the Is anything that separates you from God. You need to remove it. If it takes the place of God, it needs to be removed. How many say, Lord, unclutter my spirit? Let me lift your hand and say, Pastor, I want the Lord to unclutter my spirit. If you'll be patient during this time, the Lord will reveal some things to unclutter your spirit and to get you ready for what God wants to do for you in this year. I'm almost finished. We're almost there. So that's number three. And then I love this. I want to point this out. Fasting creates a longing for our lover. Now listen, I want to tell you something. Look at me. I love having this woman starting this year in this service. I've missed her being in the services. I've done anything for this woman. God. i will stand in front of a freight line for her. But I want to tell you who takes precedence over her. His name is Jesus. Amen. Amen. And I want Karen to say the same thing. Maybe i you know what? I, I burst fire on her today. I want to tell you something. After the first service, I went back, and, you know, I'm kind of drained from the first service a little bit and trying to get my, my straight back up and I'm in my office. And right there, where my desk is, she don't want me to say this, but I'm going to say it because it just did something in me. I'm mean, in <laughs> you know, I'm talking about fasting creates a longing for your lover. And so I had a little love note <laughs> on my desk today. Of Solomon, the third chapter, and it says this in verse one. It said, By night on my bed, I sought him whom my soul loves. I was searching. Whom my, my, my lover, I was searching for my lover. Look what it says. I sought him, but I found him I was longing for him. I will rise now, verse two, and go about the city in the streets and in the broadways, and I will seek him whom my soul loveth. And it says this, I sought him and I still didn't find him. The watchmen that go about the city found me to him. I said, did you see him whom my soul loveth? And I love verse 4. Here it is, guys. Oh, this is so good. It was but a little that I passed from them and I found him, who my soul loves. Him. And I, whew, I held him and would not let him go. Somebody better get a hold of that and say, that's me and Jesus. Come on now. How many say I healed him and I went, oh, I'm not letting go of Jesus? It's a love story. That's the love story. So fasting, what it does too, it creates a longing. Real quickly, Matt, help me on the video. because I'm just gonna go through them. It's a preparation for His coming. I want to tell you this now: the Word of God through John's disciples and the Word of God. Remember, the question was asked: Will we fast? And the Pharisees fast. Why don't your disciples fast? And I'm paraphrasing. Jesus simply said this. Why do they have to fast if the bridegroom is with them? I mean, you no, know, Jesus was physically in their presence, and he said they don't have to fast if the bridegroom is right there with them. Now, how many know that the bridegroom is with us in this room right now? I know that. But how many know that one day we're going to see him? Guess yes. what? Amen. Yes. 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 Amen. I can't wait for that day. But until then, guess what happens? It is a preparation. Praise God. Real quickly. Remember, see, it shows a mourning by his actions. It doesn't mean that he's left me. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm just simply saying, I'm praying like John the Baptist says, and guess what he said? Come quickly. Lord Jesus. How many say, come quickly? Amen. Lord Jesus. And then the last one. It is a sign of sorrow. Come on. For the sin of this world. If fasting does anything for us, guess what it does? It drives us to our knees to not only call out and ask for forgiveness for our own sins, it's to ask for forgiveness for our nation. Come on. And our churches and to plead the blood of the people that we're with. Come on. it creates that for us. I want you to stand with me How many of you received something out of this? I know there's a few moments that we have and Drew's going to just lead us into a little bit of worship. And I want you, everybody to look at me right now. Guess what we're going to do here at Calvary on Sundays. We're going to resurrect the altar more than we ever have before. I believe, look, look at me. I don't believe in a piece of wood, furniture. That's not what, if you're talking about an altar and thinking about a piece of wood, that is, you've missed the altar. An altar is simply coming before the Lord as a body and yielding and bowing and humbling yourself before holy God. It was required in the Old Testament, and i will to tell you this, it's required in our lives. So this is what I want you to do. We've got a few moments. And if you're able, I know some of you aren't physically, and I understand that. I want us to create an altar before the Lord. If you want to kneel, kneel. If you want to stand, stand. But whatever your need is in this house, I want you to come, and I want you to start out the first Sunday of January 5th of 2020 at the altar of the Lord and just dedicate yourself as you go into this new year and consecrate yourself. And then say, Lord, and maybe some of you are still seeking on what you need to do for the fast. You haven't decided yet. But I believe that God's going to give you some answers to do that today. So if you're here in this room, and I have to sound in my voice, I don't want to wait. Just go ahead. Find me a place. Come on. Get out of here.